Welcome to another episode of the Community Board Podcast with your host Miguel Valdez. And today I'm here with my friend Faith Nyayanga. Did I say it right, Faith? Please help me out. Yeah? <laughs> yes, Faith Nyayanga. Yeah, close enough. Good try. Where is that last name coming from? So this last name is from Kenya. So a small village, uh, my ethnicity would be um, Kisi. It's a very, very tiny village, and there's all sorts of um, different languages that they have uh, in Kenya. So I'm one of them, and mine is Kisi. For people who is not too familiar with geography, where is Kenya in the African continent? Um, so it's in East Africa. So I think one of the more popular ones that we hear a lot for maybe good or bad reasons, there's Ethiopia around it and there's also Somalia. So, because I think we have a really good amount of Somali population here in Minnesota. So we're, right. we're neighbors. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so in East Africa. I see. So, Faith, first of all, I'm so happy that you're here today and that we get a chance to record this podcast and also just to see another Vikings friend. Yeah, go Vikings! Six <laughs> wins in a row. Oh, or, we're or killing it. Wins. I mean, or, right? Yeah. So, seven, one. I That's know. We're one. getting a lot of bad rep for getting really lucky, but these are games we would lose last year. Exactly. And we're winning them by one. It's okay to it's win by one. <laughs> yes, out it of is. mind. Out it of is. Mind. So, Faith, um, today uh, I want to invite, invite you because you're starting to be a nurse practitioner. That's correct. On uh, emphasis on psychiatry. And mental health. And uh-huh. mental health. Mm-hmm. So, for example, can you just share a little bit for so everybody understands how come how come it's different type of licenses of nursing? And we were talking a little bit about this, but you are going to become a nurse practitioner with a speciality in, in psychiatry. What other uh, uh, nursing uh, class are out there? Um, correct. So these are um, a ton of nursing programs, and this I, I suppose this is why primarily students like going into nursing is you could be, say, a psychiatric nurse. You could be a more medical nurse. Like you could be a wound care nurse. You could be a critical care nurse. Um, you could even be a hospice nurse. You could be an OB, um, you know, like helping um, people give birth type of nurse. So there's just a really vast array of what you could do in case, you know. And, you, and just um, by just being a registered nurse, you could jump in all of those areas if, mm-hmm. if, if you want without needing any like further certification however at the level that I want to practice um, then besides um, past the point of getting an undergraduate degree to specialize in anything else like be more independent like a provider then you need like a master's degree um, and a doctorate degree so the one I'm currently doing is a doctorate degree um, and so the specialty is psychiatric and mental health and then my my role then would be to be a nurse practitioner um, th- there's recently more of a move to have more nurse practitioners just because um, there's been a scarcity of like having doctors psychiatrists mm-hmm. and stuff and just because of that gap um, we're kind of helping fill that gap um, and the education is fairly similar, but it's just more nursing um, oriented. Mm. Yeah. Who, who, or what inspired you to become a nurse? Because um, I mean, is that really giving? profession it really is I, I do believe nursing is just primarily about caring 
Um, I will. I would say that I'm mostly inspired by the the people that have assisted me in life. For my own mom, unfortunately, my mom passed away in 2007, and and, and I saw so much care given to her. Uh, you know, like by nurses mm-hmm. or my own. I, I think each one of us has had like a point in time that you've had to have a run in with a, a hospital or some some sort of place like that, and you see how giving and how caring these people are, and you see how much um, how much effort they put into making you feel comfortable. It is your health. They do not have to care, you know, but they give so much to help you feel so much better that I felt, huh, perhaps I could go join that. It, it, it really inspired me, and I think that's where that started. Okay. Yeah. And today you want to share with us uh, a little bit about a topic that is of your interest, and I guess everybody's interest, if, especially if you're a parent, related to the that transition of those youth years of teenagers or... Um, yeah, I guess those teenagers, and, and how how uh, the kids see a lot of changes in a really short period of time. They experience so many new things, and uh, also they're exposed to new things. Mm-hmm. So please tell us what 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 do you have? Uh, what message do you want to share with our friends and followers? Yeah, um, interesting you should say that because um, so the topic of today's discussion is going to be substance abuse in adolescence. And the reason why we chose or I chose adolescence is that period of rapid growth comes with so much uh, of trying new things, risk-taking, being independent. You know, you're they're finally able to make their own choices. They want to have their own paths, find their own friends, you know. It's a little less of, oh, I'm with mommy and daddy. And now it's like, well, I have my own friends and this is where I fit in and this is what we do, you know, and, and, and that wanting to be cool. And what is really problematic about this period then of risk taking, of being independent, is that there is just so much then that is available that is destructive. Um, and one of those things that is destructive is um, some drug use, um, so, so these substances. I think across the board, we all know as parents, as providers, that a lot of substances are harmful, including to our own selves, even mature um, and people. And I think it takes a lot to be able to realize how destructive it is and not to try. Um, but then that's uh, after you've had that many years of experience and, you know, you've learned a couple lessons along the way or seen other people, it's easier for you to um, stay away or make better choices. But for these teenagers, they're just coming into this phase of like, wow, what uh, what what else is out there? What, what are people doing? What, why can't I? And there, it's kind of a period where uh, more or less they feel untouchable um, and, you know, nothing is really going to go wrong. It's not going to happen to me. Um, and so that's, that's why this is important is we need to talk about this. We need to discuss um, and, and kind of sit down with them and, and continue to, to, to like guide them and, and, and tell them. Yeah, and also during these years, uh, <coughs> teens' friendships are everything. Oh, yes. Their friendship uh, is, I want to say, more important to their parents, but they feel so attached to their mm-hmm. niche to the group. I, I agree. I, I, I agree with you. Them. Yes, I, I agree with you that Which it's, it's almost... Which could both ways. The right. could be positive or can be unfortunately negative. I, I agree. It, it, is, it, is such a, it is such an interesting period 
because I agree with you that the parents almost are not friends anymore. It's almost like, no, you, you, you get out of my room, dad, or you get out of my room, mom. And it's more like, who are my friends? And we, if they're playing sports together, you know, well and good. But then, they, but besides that, then they have to find other activities and other hobbies that they feel in their time with. And then that's the, that's the path, that's the path where it ends up being like, it could be go either way. It could go really bad and you could, and you could go really well. But we have to be honest, we're all human beings. Human beings tend to like to you know poke their nose here and there you know even if you know that oh maybe that's fire you you want to find out but what about this fire yes yes so then um you find that some particular i i want to say clicks but i feel like this is not the right word to use but one way of fitting in into a particular group of um other other adolescents or mm-hmm. students that you might be around is like drug use. You you find that um, there's one person that's able to access, like say, alcohol, and they come around and they're able to provide it to the others. Um, or another is maybe has a little bit more access to, say, marijuana. Yeah. And, you know, because it's a trying period, and, and, and we, we have to recognize peer pressure is is often... It's real. Yeah, it really is real. And imagine you in, with a group of other six people saying, no, you got to do it, try it, try it. You know, it becomes really hard to, to, to stand your ground and, and say no, especially if you don't know what you're saying no to. You know, you'll be... You, they become a little bit more like, okay, well, I might as well find out. Like, what what could go wrong? I might as well mm-hmm. try. And then that first try just becomes maybe just what might just be their downfall. Well, just a perception yes. of, of it's okay. Um, but that's why I guess they remove those commercials of TV, of liquor, cigarettes, and di- different schedules or different times, you know, because it's, if it was programming like early in the night, early 80s, when I was growing up, they used to show at any time. Really? Beer, liquor, tobacco, and now it's a wow. structure where it's northern peak hours, or, or I don't think they're even advertised anymore as they used to. Yeah. I don't, yeah, and I have to say that, I've that, not that, seen that, any cigarette yeah. tobacco advertisements. Yeah. I still do see quite a bit of alcohol commercials, but not so much um, cigarettes. I will say, though, um, so there's much more of now e-cigs and, and vapes. <laughs> so it's it's a really treacherous <laughs> world. Change, yeah. Yes. And uh, what does the literature says about kids, you know, especially since uh, going back to school after the, that period of the pandemic where a lot of kids were doing uh, school at home, Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it brings these uh, even adults affected to uh, all of us, or especially in that age group. You know, going back to school, and and it, sometimes uh, everybody reacts different. Some people might feel more pressure mm-hmm. to be back into that environment if they were not happy, or or if they're experiencing depression, and then that pressure. I don't know. I mean, it's everything is new. Yes. After this, but but we know that shows the kids. Um, I was looking at some of the slides that you shared with me. Yeah. That it says one out of eight mm-hmm. kids are gonna be uh, have use. Yes. Yes, it's, it, it definitely is a staggering statistic. Here in Minnesota. Yes, um, and so uh, they found that, um, so drug use has gone up 61% between 2016 and 2020, like among eighth graders. So these are really graders, young people. Yeah. yeah, and then they found that um, 62% of 12th graders had 
already abused alcohol. So I'm guessing 12th graders is almost like they're almost done, done with high school. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then 37% of um, U.S. high school students um, have uh, reported uh, a lifetime use of marijuana, and 22% reported that in the last in the last 30 days they had been using marijuana as a kind of like a coping, self-medicating. Mm-hmm. I think there's been a lot of misinformation about the relationship between marijuana and, and helping with anxiety. Um, and I, I, I suppose I can't say too much on this, but there is literature showing that some might be helpful for, like, let's say, cancers, um, medical marijuana. Sure. So that sometimes becomes a little bit confusing, you know, yeah. for their age to think, well, those um, others are using it for such and such a thing, and it, it's been shown to be helpful to alleviate, like, anxiety and, and pain. Well, we probably can benefit from that. Um, but we're finding that it's actually just like a paradoxical type of response in them. Yeah, and sometimes we only say or hear things that we want to hear. Yeah, that too. Which is a big, Yes, you know? yes, it's Because, filtered. okay, wait, there is a lot of studies that say, yeah, there is people who probably consume marijuana and they're successful. Yes. But, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the ones who are not successful, they don't make the news. Yeah. And probably those are bigger numbers. We don't know. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's that's you know that's you get influence from everywhere. You get influence from your, your peers, a school, on 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 the web, YouTube, TikTok, you name it. You know. So it's, the kids are getting all these perspectives, and, and unfortunately, the algorithms of social media or whatever you consume, and sometimes. They just keep giving you whatever you want. And right. It's not really yes, you can reality. just dive in in the direction that you want and only find supportive information yeah. um, for what you need. Uh, you, yeah, you bring up a really interesting but very true point. That, that that's just how that goes. You kind yeah. of filter out information depending on what you're trying to find. And, and it's just like and you will find it exactly. You make you feel good. I'm like, no, see, uh, yes. this guy didn't, and he's fine. But yeah, well, we don't see the people. We don't see interviews with people who are hanging out or, or living in the alleyway. It is, yes, so on, on, yes, yes. I know I, I went to the stream mm. <laughs> at the two ends, but, yeah. but unfortunately that's... that's but you're correct, the, the, because that's the, how that goes. That form, information is, is out there. Unfortunately, I guess it comes down to uh, the support that they get with their peers and friends and also at home. What about at what about home? What do you... Um, as a parent, what what can we say to to our kids, or, or what? How can we bring that conversation? That hey, you might be exposed, right. or, or or if when this happens, or if it happens, yeah. how to react to that? All right. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say a couple of things yeah, just, be, just because we jump into how mm-hmm. can we help manage that. Um, so let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about why does this matter? Why does substance abuse in adolescents matter? Um, so we've established that the adolescents are, uh, are the group of people that are the largest risk um, for regular drug use. Um, and then the studies indicate that this, the near, sorry, the early onset of their experimenting uh, with drugs and alcohol sets them up and becomes a large um, factor of dependency later on in life. Um, so it's like, say you tried your first drug at about 30 or alcohol later on, say past college, you have a less likelihood of being addicted or maintaining um, that drug use. Versus when you start really early, it becomes, yeah, it becomes really difficult to... Um, Hold on, let me fix this little boss noise. So as I was saying, um, the younger the person is when drug use becomes habitual, um, the stronger the addiction and the more difficult it is to break that behavior down the line. 
um, and then it has a really significant impact on their physical and mental health and well-being. Um, so you start to notice um, poor school performance, um, poor output at like employment and jobs, um, really strained family relationships and ties, um, as well as social relationships with their friends. Um, and then recreational-wise, they are not participating in their hobbies as they would before. They're not enjoying it as much. They're not They're not really being very social. I mean, they're exclusively social to the friends that perhaps they might use with, but not so much wanting to be out in the world and, and doing all sorts of activities. Um, and so we find that substance misuse also increases um, risky behaviors. Um, so we're thinking... We're we're talking about impaired driving, you know, drunk driving, and, and you know, they're new drivers, you know, they, um, they get their licenses at about 16, uh, you know, and they're a high-risk population in that manner because they're so young, and just substance abuse then just compounds on, the, on that fact, and so we have impaired driving, and we also have unprotected sex, risky behaviors, and then it really increases the risk for suicide, depression, violence, um, and amplifies um, health concerns later on than in adulthood. Then you start to see more of heart disease, high blood pressure, and then addiction, you know, because continued use eventually leads to addiction. And if you're starting so early on in life, then your trajectory is just like the chances of you stopping are lower and lower because you become more independent, you become more reliable on yourself. Um, you even have more access now. See, imagine if you have access to alcohol when you're like 15. Imagine being 21 and it being like, oh, now you're truly, truly legal. Now you can buy it any day, any time. Um, so then that's why I think this is such a big issue um, to talk about. And a couple of risk factors then um, that we're finding for drug use in adolescents is initiation through gateway drugs. So gateway drugs, we mean, are those drugs that are considered harmless. In, in the reality of the situation, they are not harmless, um, but their effects are not seen right away. Um, so things like tobacco, um, e-cigs, those vapes, um, and alcohol, I mean, you, you, you tend to find that... Um, this adolescents are trying alcohol and, 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 and tobacco first because to them or to most of us it appears harmless you don't see anyone that appears impaired or, or is having an overdose from tobacco or having a cigarette but we know that down the line um, you're, you're, oh, that's the biggest risk factor for things like lung cancer and stuff but if it's not seen right away then it's like, oh, well, this is kind of a nothing thing that people do. Um, and then, yeah, so and that acceptance, right, of society. If it, yes, it, 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 right. Members. Right, you're almost, um, you're almost odd if you're not doing it. It's like, what? Everybody else is doing it. What, what, that's why I did it. And, and you find that most people, that's, that's, if you ever ask everyone, well, how did you start? It's always like, well, everybody was doing it. But that's so true because, I mean, you're, you're inside of that environment. Yeah, it, and it, and it's really encouraging. Yeah, the encouraging, and it, and it could be, uh, I mean, you're just in there, and no matter what, you're by being in that environment, you're going to be affected. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It goes back to those support networks that hopefully that kid has that, to, to help them yes. with the right choices. Right. Um, and so I guess we also can then talk about talk a little bit more about how family risk factors then can, mm -hmm. you know, so when we're talking about that, it's okay, and people are using it all around you. We're talking then peer pressure, and then we're talking about family risk factors. Um, These family risk factors include 
parental attitudes towards substances. And when I mean parental, I don't mean just mom and dad. I mean other figures that are could be parents. You know, what are your aunts, uncles doing? What's what's really happening in your home? In the, in People the, in influencers the, in that person's life. Correct. Yeah. Um, and then also parental-child interactions. Um, so the, the, the reason why family risk factors come in and are a, a big part of this topic of discussion is the exposure. A lot of children are first meet or exposed to alcohol at home, in their own cabinets at home, in their own fridges at home, in their own social events, or their Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, and these are these are good times to have a conversation about, say, responsible use. But there really isn't responsible use when we're talking about substances like you know, drugs and alcohol. And, you know, right. So it it it, it makes it. It, it, it already makes them predisposed to using it later in life because it's like, well, all the influential people around me are doing it and they seem to be doing fine, you know, on the on the surface level. So for them, it's like, oh, well, they did it. It's almost like a, a rite of passage. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just yeah. what we do. Um, and so besides that, just number of household users of a substance and the degree of child's involvement, unfortunately, there are homes in which children are involved in like making substance some substances grabbing them for whoever that is like well can you can you get me this and stuff it seems like a really harmless um gesture but it it psychologically it means something to the child it it makes it okay you know in a sense um and then there's all and, and sometimes we as adults or you know you growing up with a picture and you think that you have to have that. That has to be part of the picture. And for and then what I'm trying to say is, for example, for me, uh, watching a soccer game, mm-hmm. like I, I knew it was going to be a, a game at six, and I I didn't feel ready mm-hmm. if I didn't go and get a six pack mm-hmm. just to have mm-hmm. just to have a, in case uh, the game yes. gets stressed and I want to have a beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I was no feel ready to sit down and watch a game. Right. And you know, and you making start making part of the picture. Yes, association. Association. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. And it could be a, a party. I'm not gonna go empty hand. I'll come with a case of beer. And and and, and start thinking that I cannot show up. Just or I cannot be fine. Have fun without yeah. alcohol. You know, just thinking. It's- it's so interesting that you bring that up because you've just hit the nail on the head, basically for how then for for why this becoming becomes habit forming. It's you have associations with it that make it seem even more important. It's almost like after you started watching soccer, watching football with with a couple of beers right next to you, a couple of days down the line you can't do it without because you're like, uh, this this is this isn't. This isn't how I do it. Right, right. And it makes it that much more important. Now you feel like you can't have fun. And what are we seeking during these times of watching soccer, football, is to relax, to have a good time. And so that part, that becomes part of having a good time. We forget the negative, you know, implications that it has, you know, the the drinking. All of a sudden, just like, this is time for football, it's time for soccer, we're going to have a couple of beers. That's Mm -hmm. just how it goes. And we're going to have fun. And, you know, this is a good time. And then that sips in through life. It becomes that now this is your medication for everything else. It becomes a crutch. Yes, that's the word. It becomes a crutch. Wow. So that's a very important um, point that you bring up. That yeah, that's how that can become habit forming. And to be honest, uh, for me, it took years there. I was like, it was not the beer. 
Yeah. It was the friends that I was watching the game with. Oh, that too. See, yeah. The the uh, the, the atmosphere that I was after, you know, that companionship, the brotherhood, the just having people around. Yeah. And 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 but but it could have for many years. I thought I was like, wow, I just I need to have a okay. I'm gonna go grab a six pack because I'm gonna have a beer. Right, right. But, no, but, I agree with you. you that, that's you know, the atmosphere you're chasing. Changing. I was trying to li- do some lifestyle changes on my life, and and then I was like, it wasn't the beer. It was my friends that, <laughs> that, that I was, you know, missing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, well, that also is a good point, um, which makes me um, remember, you know, talk, going back to the advertisements like you talked about, you will notice that a lot of advertisements oh, and yeah. alcohol are always like, you're hanging so out with your time. friends, you're having a good time out. Yeah. You know, they're not showing any hangovers. They're not showing people falling down in ditches, you know, yeah. getting into ridiculous <laughs> fights for no reason, you know. So that is, you know, that that, that is just the one side of the coin yeah. where it's like, it's so much fun we're all hanging out we're together we're being foolish we're being yeah. silly we're letting loose but it's like there is an aftermath yeah there is other effects that you don't yeah no, <laughs> and, and uh when it comes down to that age group is uh is i think is is uh scary as a parent because like you said uh they're still growing up and obviously you have to give some liberties given space Mm-hmm. They demand it at that right. age, yes. And, and and they start creating their own personality, start picking their own clothes and looks, and 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 unfortunately, you cannot say. Well, as a friend, you can say to the kid like, hey, "I don't like you, right. your friend influence," mm-hmm. but it's so dangerous at the same time because then they just. It, make them more friendly. Yes. Or now it's against you. Yes. Yeah, you're the bad guy. Yeah, ah, yeah, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. How, how how can we have that conversation? That is that is so interesting because it's it's such a real thing and and I, I suppose that's what's so unique about that age group. It's like they could they could really care less. Yeah, it makes the friendship even stronger. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they and and they might even dislike you together now. It would be like, well, hide. It's it's that guy that is yeah. anti you know, whatever yeah. we're doing, and we're just having a little bit of fun. And you yeah. know, together they're kind of just like, well, what's the big deal? I bet you did it, and yeah. everybody's doing it. So you're the you're the bad person, yeah. you know. Poopy so party. Yeah, yeah, exactly, party yeah. poopa. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And you know, you 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 can't predict how they're going to. T- you you would ho- you want to hope that they can listen to you, and you know, you're speaking from experience, and you're coming from a good place. You're a parent. You're trying to take care of them, but to them, it's like, let me. I I will figure it out. I I know it all. At, at, at that point in time yeah. and whether they take your words of advice or not you just have to leave it up in the air you can try you can try as much as you can but at the end of the day they have to make that decision and you know you it's mostly just you know you doing your part mm-hmm. at least you know you nothing gets hurt if you do your part and talk about it and discuss about it because at least you did that end of, of you know the deal versus encouraging it being the one that's providing it you know um Working in mental health um, and seeing some some of our more unlucky patients that come in that are have like parents that smoke with them or parents that drink with them to make themselves feel better. But that's mostly because they also have their own mental health issues. It's a really unfortunate thing to see because the child also now is just like okay, that well that's that's how we cope together. Um, and and that well, sometimes that's the only way they where they a, can connect. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. And and you know and so 
it, it, it's good that I mentioned that. Now we can jump right into the parent-child relations um, that really influence how this plays out. Um, so that lack of a, a warm relationship, a more guiding relationship, um, inadequate supervision, um, and when there's things like marital conflict in the home, you know, like dad and mom are not getting along, it, it's, it's a lot of screaming in the house. That could be one of the reasons that guides children to go in that area because now they're also just trying to cope and, 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 and avoid the, the chaos and the drama. And so they they turn into um, self-medicating is, is basically what we're calling it, just having that veil of I'm just not present. I guess I'm just drunk. I'm, I'm, I'm not yeah. here. you know, or, or wanting to pass out or not wanting to just be in the home, just engaging. Correct. Yes, because yeah. it's they're not in a, a secure home. It's not a safe place. It's just... There's really no no structure or no support. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, you find that on the on the other end of it, of the worst, I would say, is parents then that do it together with their children, um, because, well, well, mom is over there drunk, passed out on the couch. Dad is not around. He's probably whatever place he is. And then it's easier for them to be like, okay, well, I guess this is just how our family is, yeah. you know, and this is just what we do. The reality, what they see. And, you know, they'd copy because you're their role model and they're going to copy what you're doing. Because how would they know to make better choices if the person they look up to is kind of unable to make those better choices and even guide them through making better choices? It is, unfo- it is a very unfortunate thing and, you know, that's why... Or, they if, get they, or if the brands are not in the picture, too. Yes, or if not in the picture. Yeah, yeah you know, so th- those are those predisposing factors and more of the reason why we are like, mental health is real, mental health matters. You know, we, we, mm-hmm. we need to be able to cultivate and have resources and supports for people like those because they already have odds stacked against them. And, you know... Do you, do you find yourself uh, on your work... The younger generations had less stigma to talk about mental health issues, or what has been your experience? Um, or you, the so still I there? have, I have found that it's there is a little bit of stigma, but more of a push to destigmatize, but differences in culture. Some groups are more comfortable addressing mental health, getting counselors, having therapists, while others are still um, finding out that that's even a, a, a thing to address. Um, other particular groups kind of think mental health is just a phase and that maybe it's more... Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like something you that simple. Yeah, or... right. Yeah, like oh, you're 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 just joking. You you don't want to kill yourself, um, you okay. know, type of thing. And you know, that's kind of the push now to talk about mental health, to to popularize it, to destigmatize it, because you know, it, it, as much as we we all can't be the same, we all don't have the same values and the same beliefs. There is nothing wrong with the ones that believe that maybe that's not a thing. It's because they just haven't experienced it that way or learned about it enough that way. Um, but as we as we see more people come in, as we have more counselors, more therapists, more more resources for mental health, you find that people are willing to talk about things, and the more. You know, people don't necessarily choose ignorance, you know. The more that they learn about it and know about it, then it becomes easier to say, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. This is why you're struggling. This is a real thing. How can we support this ordeal? Versus, 
what is that? We've never even heard that in, a, in our family. This is just dramatic. This yeah. is just a mood. You get, you, you, you just need to push it down, yeah. you know, and then it'll go away, which is not really true. And so I, w- I, I think I will agree with you that there is a little bit of stigma, but we are kind of walking in the right direction <coughs> with destigmatizing, and it's all about knowing. It is about being exposed and finding out what resources we have and that it's not just like the worst thing ever, you know. It's it's that's the push. Do we have any resources that we want to share with our listeners? Uh, or should we put them in the information? Uh, I will put the links in I, the information. All right, I think we should do that. Um, and oh, I think we did talk about the warning signs for parents to look out for. Um, so erratic behaviors, just yeah. like a kid that's losing interest in their hobbies or yes. classes yes. or friendships. Yes, failing. Yes, and, and and a change of friends. All of a sudden, they don't even talk to the friends that they've known since how long, yeah. and, and now they have a cool group of friend. friends that you don't even really know. Yeah, and then yes, loss of interest in hobbies, and then you know finding things like pipes like things you would associate with drug use mm-hmm. like you might not see the drug itself but if you see the tool that could yeah. be used to do What's a drug yes yeah have a conversation yeah. discuss that you know it might seem harmless they might even deny it you know yeah, and no, say i don't I know what you're talking about uh, with you and our listeners when i was growing up i think in middle school uh my mom caught me with a cigarette pack on my pants, you know, I took her you cheeky, <laughs> yes. But she wouldn't say nothing, which was worse. She just would put it right at my nightstand. No next way. Next to my bed. Yeah. So I would know that she find, found them. And that then, is interesting. And then, I, like, I, I'll see them, and then I'm like, oh, I want to go in my room, and then I, and then I see the pack there, I'm like, oh, she found them. <laughs> And, and she wouldn't say nothing, and I wouldn't go for dinner, I wouldn't go down. <laughs> Look at how effective that yeah, was. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. saying nothing until I go down and I say, oh, oh, where is these jeans? And like, oh, I wash them. And, and then I would be like, oh, oh, yeah, I saw that you found this. They're, they're not mine. They're, and she's like, oh, yeah. I, I, I thought they were yours because yeah. they were your pants. That's right. why I put it there. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, I genie put them in there. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I did a couple of times where she found and she would put them right there and there. I was like, ah, because I that just is. didn't have a comeback for that. Exactly, and exactly, then, yeah. I was, I felt so embarrassed and I yeah. felt just yeah. ridiculous, yeah. you know, like yeah. I was 14-year-old with a cigarette. Right, just, yeah. That is funny that your mom would do that it, because now come to think of it, it's such an effective strategy versus you know like engaging in yeah, a confrontation right yeah. away. Yeah. yeah, and then you start arguing about I don't even care about you, mom, yeah. or what you know. And then it just it becomes a, a, a tiny little fight that you know is not really able to be de-escalatable in the moment. But that your mom is very smart for doing that because then you're just ashamed by yourself. Yeah, I, I just have to come out clean. Obviously, they were mine, but uh, right. I have to be like, oh, no, they were my friends, but ridiculous, yeah. you know, so, but yeah, I guess you just have to keep an eye. Yes, and so now what do we do uh, once we've found out that um, these uh, struggles with um, substance abuse? So there is a couple of things that we, we, we want to discuss. Um, a couple of substances require detoxification. Um, you know, um, alcohol, after a, con- a certain continued use, um, people do go into, like, really bad withdrawals mm-hmm. when they're trying to stop. And 
as much as it's one of those things where you 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 want to think that I can do it, I can just go cold turkey and it will be gone. We found that people actually do die um, sometimes mm-hmm. um, from like seizures that are associated, and and you just feel really really extremely sick. Um, and a and a good way to support this now is they have places called detox. Um, you you have staff like healthcare providers kind of supporting you in the moment providing you with medications that you need you know watching you making sure that you're doing good and you're you know you're going to survive and at the same time you're away from the substances that you're abusing so you have time to be sober and free and also have support um so you could be you go inpatient um inpatient are kind of just like maybe i'd say like five stay um five days stay type of um inpatient hospitals you could also be um, sent to residential. Residential is more of a longer term care, and we mostly see this when we have, when it's a severe substance abuse. You know, when you when it's mild and it's kind of like um, experimenting, it hasn't gotten to the level where you need to be away for months, and, and you know, in detox. And so, but but in, in in very few circumstances it does get to that, and people do go to residential. And what's really good about residential is you do get to get more support, more resources, more time to really, like, find yourself, um, figure out, and, and, you, and you have access to therapists and stuff, so you get a, t- a chance to really find the underlying causes. Most people aren't really not abusing, well, a few people might be abusing substances for fun, but it gets to a certain point, when it becomes a problem, you're really not doing it for fun. No. You're covering something up. Yes, and you want to stop. And those people want to stop. Yeah. And when it gets to that point, it's like you need to uncover or it, deal uh, with whatever is it. I can imagine somebody who's going through a withdrawal of a heavy drug. Yes. Or just to get their fix of the day because I mean, mm-hmm. I'm addicted to coffee. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have coffee, mm-hmm. you get a horrible headache. Headache. And, and, and yeah. you're just angry. You don't know what's happened. At the time mm-hmm. that you figure out, like, oh, I haven't had my coffee, you're already feeling sick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and and imagine yeah. a heavy drug. Okay, and that's why they they break the law. Right. And they right. Crime yes. They feel do so sick everything. That they need to do whatever they need yes, to Yes, you to gotta get, get that fix. Yeah. And that's that's oh, why it's so oh. unfortunate. It stops being, it stops being funny and games yeah. and trying things out yeah. and having fun. It becomes a real, almost yeah. medical condition. Yeah. And. It's so hard to break that burden when you're so sick. Imagine being so sick and almost feeling like you're going to die and then having to say, oh, I'm still going to say no to those drugs. I'm still going to say no. Right. You're, you're going to go, you're going to go take it and feel a little bit better. And then you're going to tell yourself, well, I, I can try again in the future. And that just becomes a burden. And relapse is, is, is such a common theme in, in, in people that are addicted. Success stories are fair are really rare for like a one time cold tacky queen. It's mostly just like, oh we got a little bit better, we stopped, we relapsed. We got a little better, we relapsed. I mean eventually with enough support, you know, people do get better. People do break free. But past a certain point then you just have to be completely sober. And that is hard. We have to be honest. In this kind of environment that we live in, in the environment of all these advertisements, other people using, it being tied into holidays, you know, it becomes so hard to be the one person that is like, oh, well, I'm just drinking my water. You know, it's, it, it, you know, so society has a big influence on, on, on the trajectory of these things. But I, we, we, I suppose we can't change 
everything, you know, can't change the world, turn no. everything upside down. No, the down. products are out there. Yes. And we can get rid of them. I guess what we can share is just give uh, tools to individuals who can make informed decisions with, when it comes down to, you know, we, you're in that situation and like we said at the beginning, the influence of your friends or people around you is going to really uh, make a difference and, and, and will make a battle harder. Either, right. either you know if you you're friends with them and, and you just like no I don't want to try it uh, yeah. or, or you try once and then they keep pushing again and you're like oh no I just tried just right. with the one and right. I just want to experience it but right. but it's going to be yeah. in there unfortunately and, and, right, and, right, and right. Like, like we mentioned it can go south really fast it really can it can become really destructive it's important for kids to grow up being um, confident um, and to, uh, being able to say, okay, I, 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 I get that you guys are my friends and, and you're doing such and such a thing, but for my own learning and for my own influences, I think this is a bad thing and I would rather not go into it. And just being able to stand up for themselves in that, in that aspect makes all, all the difference. Because, you know, there is a saying that show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Because you you do tend to flock together and do similar things with yeah. people that you know you're around or people that you say are your friends, um, so a good a, a, a good way to, to, to support resilience in that way is just like maybe other self help groups counseling teaching these children some life skills to say when you're frustrated you don't need to be avoidant you don't need to use a substance so that you're not present in this world here's a couple of things that you could do to improve your your situation keep this keep this children busy you know not so much busy with like work and stuff but keep them occupied things that are um are not destructive but that they can do sports they like you know even if it even if it's dancing you know if it even if it's just going to see and and watch other people even if it's doing a play you know things that they can be occupied that allow them to use up their time so they do not have too much free time to be to 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 not investigate to experiment Mm -hmm. and also to where it's I guess, yeah. Bring and supervision bring, goes bring, along. Bring to places where they can socialize and, and experience, uh, have fun too without without uh, any substance or or just uh, new friends too. Yeah. Because sometimes that happens. Uh, you know, they, they you're within your circle and you never experience mm-hmm. other groups. You mm-hmm. know, if you never went to after school activities or mm-hmm. or, or teams. Mm-hmm. You don't really right. experience other other right. leadership. Right. Other, yes, that's important. Because because even with kids, you know, even if they don't uh, are in a team, let's I don't want to say a gang, but just a group of kids, you know. Uh, yes, yes. There is a leader. In that. Uh, yes, yes. There yeah. is always in groups. Naturally, naturally, there is always going to be leaders, and and you see those kids. There is always leaders who might do right choices, even at that age group. And, and, and obviously there's the kids who are going to say, hey, look at what I stole from my brother's job. Yeah, yeah. Or something that, like that. Yeah, the, it can it be risk-taking and yeah. thrill-seeking. Yeah, I suppose you do want to find out for sure if, if, if you have to, say, talk about canceling. Before we get there, I think, if and this is more of a, a personal opinion, I think it, it supervision matters a lot. Yes. Your own interest in this children's or adolescent's life matters a lot. Yes, you might not be the one 
person that they come to saying, well, this is what happened today, mom. This is what happened today, dad. They might not be willing to come and tell you everything about the little stressors that they have. And by little, I put it in quotes because yeah. to them, it's such a, oh, yeah. it's such a it big, yes, it's, it's, it's such a big thing. But, you know, show it real interest. Um, kind of track what they're doing, where they're at. Are they is is this person coming in impaired? Are they slurring their words? Are their eyes red? You know, then you then you're able to catch it early on. At least you're able to see that such and such a person is struggling. Is their performance in school poor? You know, are they wanting to socialize less with the family and socialize less with their friends? Because you're going to be the one person or the person that is in a position to say, okay, I think we have something to address. You know, before it becomes a mountain. You have to know and you have to see that there's patterns or differences in, in, in this adolescence for you to be able to, to even offer help, to even say, hey, I could take you to such and such a place. You, you could benefit from a therapist or what's going on? What can we talk about? Because it, it seems like there is something that it is going on. Mm-hmm. And, and what about, um, before we wrap it up, what about overprotecting? How can that also be bad Yes, for, right. for the youth? Yes, so I think over being overprotective, kind of being a helicopter type of parent, is just as detrimental for some reason. Um, it's almost like yes, yes, because they, as mu- as much as we would not like to to see children go under from under our wings and try everything else, they have to be able to grow. They also have to be able to um, find out. At their own level, what is what what are the well not necessarily what are, what are the limits of life, but what are other people doing, and and where is my stand, so that they are able to independently make that choice. But if you're making the choice for them constantly, like okay, well I'm gonna lock you inside of the house, I'm not gonna allow you to go see your friends or such and such a thing, in an effort to prevent them, what happens is actually the opposite. Then they get um and and here's a here's a really good um. The time that we see a lot of those children that have helicopter type of parents and really controlling parents really break out and even have worse outcomes is when they go to college then or at any point that they find a second yes yes that split second that they have they're the ones that are kind of overdosing in the moment they're the you know they're the ones that are, are turning out to be highly intoxicated because they have not learned to have any discipline or limits around things because it's all allowed it's to make all their own decisions. right they've never been allowed to do that and so now they're kind of just like oh i can do it all and they just dive too far in so, so both and yeah so it is it is very difficult to to find a balance you can't you don't want to not supervise your kids all together but at the same time you don't want to be controlling you know there is um I think earlier on in life, when I was in high school, I used to notice, like, say, pastas kids or, you know, including myself, I guess, tend to not want to be as involved in the church and stuff because of already that type of, you know, lifestyle. Yes, yes. They they just, they're like, they almost become repulsed to what you're trying to, to show them and teach them. And, you know, it, 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 they are, at the end of the day, independent human beings. You know, you, somebody can be your child. You know, th- I think about your own parent. You're very different from your own parent in some ways. You're similar in some, but you're also your own person, you know. And that that's kind of the stance to take with your little one, this adolescence, your kids too. Notice that they also have to learn to be their own 
themselves and make their own choices. And yes, mistakes are just lessons for all of us. Otherwise, there's just no other way to go through life without learning a couple lessons. And maybe that's exactly what they need. Perhaps you do need that getting burnt once to not put your hand over a fire again. And and that just kind of helps them make other better choices in life. And luckily for us, there's there's less of um, harder hardcore drugs when kids are like in their teenage years and in school and stuff so it's mostly like we spoke about gateway drugs like tobacco and stuff like that but then as they go on further on and 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 later and later in life and as you and as you become an adult then you find there's really a vast array of, of of drugs that can be used and drugs that can be abused and how to attain them but if they've learned to make those choices as teenagers as younger people when they get to the bigger hitters then it becomes easier for them to say yeah probably not doesn't sound like a good idea i've tried to step down it really wasn't a good idea so i'm okay with staying away which is what is helpful and 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 that's why that point that you brought up about helicopter parents or controlling parents or not allowing children to be then that's where it matters because now there's even worse there's more availability of everything else and they have never been able to make that choice a decision for themselves and wow. now it just goes down the drain so fast yeah yeah so fast <laughs> um it's a it's a very interesting topic it, uh, and i think it's good that we talk about topics like this or things like this because i think at the end of the day this adolescence are going to be the future there are uh, the same people that I are i know, you and, know. And, and the life that you and myself we live uh, we can only give some uh, recommendations to the kids but they are living in a totally different world yes that you and myself oh, grow up I agree. and they're exposed to so many things so and, much. And, and and it's just so different and, and it's so fast and mm-hmm. technology and, and their connectedness but at the same time it's so much disinformation a lot the, of disinformation. The, the, that's why we need to make that stronger relationship among parents or, or, or caregivers of the youth just to be present with them. Because I agree. The, there is so many influence. Uh, yes. In this, during, uh, this and you're not even going to know what these influences are. You, exactly. they do, yeah, they're all... It could be digital, it could be a school, it could be anywhere, but obviously with cell phones and, and technology... Um, it's a different world than mm-hmm. when I grew, was growing up and when you were growing up Correct. and you were younger than me. Correct. But there, for this younger generation, it's, it's incredible what, what they're, I mean, yeah. they're experiencing. And, and we just need to be um, there for them. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm fully with you on that point of be present, be, be with them, help guide them. You might not be the one solution to everything. No. But it makes a big difference to be there, to be present, to talk to them. But more so being a good role model. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it will be very difficult for you to be on the floor, sprawled out, unpresent, drunk, and still be like, you, you should not be doing drugs, you know, to your child. That is unrealistic, and it's not going to work. I think we have to start with being good role models and then trying to... um, cover the misinformation that they have by being present and being like, oh, that's that's what you know, this is what you're doing, and, and, and trying to be more honest role models in that aspect. I think in, in any case, that's just as much as we can influence. We're not going to be able to change where they get the information from or how much information they have. But we at home 
can start by being good role models. Yeah. Faith, thank you so much for bringing this topic and for agreeing to meet today and for sharing all this knowledge. We're going to be sharing here the links of resources. It's going Correct. to be in the information. So please, if you want to share something with the community, please get in touch with us here at the Community Board Podcast. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. And stay tuned for another episode of the Community Board Podcast. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye.